Literature and Psychology by Dr. Saideh Malik Afzali, Dr. Daniel Rockers, and Dr. Alex Andrade from Tabana Organization. Tabana is a non-profit mental health organization organized in Sacramento, California. Tabana seeks to help individuals and families to strengthen their capabilities and to thrive. Aired on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 1 o'clock weekly. A warm hello to our listeners. This is another episode of Culture and Psychology. I'm Dr. Alex Andrade, here with my good friend and colleague, Dr. Daniel Rockers. Right here. All right. Uh, we are missing one today. Saide Malakafzali, Dr. Saide Malakafzali, is uh, unavailable today. And again, she's made the horrible, horrible mistake of just letting us record, Daniel. And so, uh, yeah. I hope she's ready. I, yeah, I think, she, I think she's testing us. That's what I think this is. She's like, okay, how do these guys do without me? It's Maybe. never... Yeah, these guys can fly on their own. Yeah, that that's a very positive way of thinking about it, Dave. <laughs> I'm thinking she's really wanting to say, you guys need to buck up. I'm going to step away for a little while. You guys can learn. So we're growing, Side A. You're, you're helping us to grow and be better people. Okay, here's what I like. There's two sides to every view, and we just presented a couple different possible ones, right? There we go. There we go. I, I like the positive approach that you have. I tend to lean on the negative side. <laughs> I can fly on their own. Yeah. Or maybe would, she's trying to wean us and uh, not want to be around us anymore. Maybe, maybe. I always jokingly say I'm a closet optimist in that way. You'll you'll hear the negativity first, but I tend to hope for the best. So yeah. <laughs> it's better to be a closet optimist or a closet pessimist? Oh, that's a good question. I'll go with closet optimist. Yeah. Because that means that then the, your pessimist side would be facing the world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so you always hold out a little bit of hope. And that's what I found. Things tend to kind of work themselves out. Ah, but what about how it presents to other people? Oh, that's true. See, Daniel, you made the mistake of assuming I think about what other people think about me. <laughs> you, know, you really don't care. Not, not, the, not the case. Not the case as I get older. Actually, that, that reminds me of you know, one of the things that we could talk about today is uh, kind of related to, you know, sometimes something that happens a little bit more as we get older or happens uh, throughout our life. Uh, the idea of uh, procrastination. And I, off. yeah, yeah, I, I we put it off more and more and more. Do you, do you think, uh, sorry. Yeah. I was thinking how yeah, long did it take? I, I, well, I was, the, I was even thinking of like how long it took to think of this idea. I just kept putting it off further and further. Yeah. Just <laughs> you'll get to it when you get. To yeah. It. We'll get to it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. What do you think? Procrastination. Uh, do you think it's a big issue? Uh, do you think uh, we're really just processing something I'm going through? What, what are your thoughts? I think it is an, something that afflicts almost everybody in some way. Even people who are good planners, there are some things they put off. Yeah, yeah. And do you know why I think that is true is because good planners is great. Dan's a wonderful planner. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think I've met anybody who's even a better planner, organizer, preparer than Jan. Yeah. But even good, but good planners, that's a little different type mm -hmm. of a thing than when we procrastinate, a lot of times I think it's an emotional thing. 
Mm, true, true. There's a reason emotionally why people will put things off. So being a good planner does not, I don't think necessarily correlates with how one is emotionally. Sure. Like whether you're emotionally well-adjusted or emotionally not adjusted, we have worries, we have anxieties and about different things. So different people have different things. Yeah. That reminds me, I think of uh, the procrastination is the delay of the action part. And so a lot of times there can be some preparing and planning but then it's the initiating and the the action. I think that's what I think of with procrastination. Obviously, we can procrastinate on the preparing and the planning, but I always think of it too as the the steps to start something, the steps to do that thing. And so it's it's something where I can see, yeah, there can be emotion as well as I think some some narratives, some thoughts that we have about either ourselves, about the situation, of what it entails. Uh, and then that feeds, I think, those emotions. It, it creates more apprehension, more hesitation, uh, even to the point where it just feels, you know, too too upsetting, too stressful to even think about doing anything. But are you talking about difference in terms of the preparation phase versus the action phase? Well, I think it's people think of prep, uh, the procrastination is I'm not doing anything or I haven't done it yet. I think people can take credit for, oh, I've done a lot of preparing and planning, but it's we, we. I think we don't really start to measure it as progressing until we start to do something about it. We only feel so good in preparing and planning, but the procrastination is person hasn't done it. Oh, I haven't done this yet. Oh, I'm, I'm lagging and delaying, even if they prepared, even if they planned. And so I think the, the initiating of that action to see oneself do something is is that for me at least that's the procrastination part that's the, the 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 little hurdle the little gap between preparing and planning and action that's where i think procrastination lives most of the time i think it can come with even preparing and planning something definitely too but i always think of it that's that's where it is that little bump between starting to do something and you're saying there's some gap in between like planning it out and then gap and then execution is that yeah yeah Yep. Yep. That's how I think of it sometimes. And I think that the the planning or the action part is where a lot of people kind of focus on. I'm not doing what I need to do. I'm not doing what I want to do. It's the action piece. But they're not. But in that particular phase, are they actually planning or are they just worrying? Good question. Good question. I think it could be a mix. Yeah, I'm thinking there can be a mix of things. I think that that before some people don't do much planning, Mm. they just equate um, a project with only with the action part and they don't True. think about planning. True. And I've heard some people say, somebody famous had a famous quote, they'd give me a task to do and I'll spend 80% of the time with planning and then 20% of the time in the execution. Mm-hmm. That well, well prepared. I don't oh, know. I, I, yeah, I can't think of that saying. I know what you're talking about. Oh, proper planning prevents poor performance. Yeah. Yeah. Is, thing there but i think that planning phase can be just a worry phase and a delay phase before uh, action i think it can also be actual good planning i think it also can be this ocd planning too much before starting the actual execution Mm. like i've had a lot of projects where i do that i do a lot of planning when i was remodeling my house here Mm -hmm. I was planning and planning and planning and like figuring out, okay, how do I put down this mortar bed to lay, put the bathtub in? Hmm. 
And so I look at these YouTube videos, which I don't even like keep looking at YouTube videos, but I figured it was a uh, some research. Yeah. Yeah. That's my research. So bad, <laughs> you know, and just, and there was a, I could tell I was putting it off, but under the guise of, I didn't feel ready. I didn't feel like I, mm. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. How do I get this drain in? How do I run the piping to the drain? How do I move the water pipes over? Yeah. All of that thing. So I think there was, for me, there is a delay that begins to happen in that so-called planning phase. And I wonder if it has to do with perfectionism, perfectionistic mm. tendency. Yeah. Because I know my brother mentioned that before, that he said that a lot of times he will being perfectionistic it causes him to put things off because you want to get it exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Are you a perfectionistic delayer? That's a good question. Again, I'm, I'm you know, and again, I think a lot of times we talk about these topics and we think we have all the answers, but uh, this is one I'll admit too. I, I see so many people struggle with it and I think it's a very unique experience for everybody in, in regards to what leads them to procrastinate. Uh, I think along those lines, like you're saying for yourself, I I do a lot of preparing and planning. I would probably say 80%. Like I have a lot of ideas that may never see, you know, the, the light of day, but also too, I think it's important to have that space to kind of develop these plans and these ideas and say, what does it take for them to come to fruition? Just because you have a great idea doesn't always mean that it can become something necessarily. And so it's like, where do you get to that threshold of, oh yeah, that's something I want to implement. And so I think uh, it's, a, it's a fine line between the reality of that being something uh, that you can you know, build and create and start versus also saying, okay, well, this is you know, a kind of larger project, or this is going to be a little bit more consuming. I think I'm always thinking of the balance of time time what I need to work and take care of myself and spend time with family and trying to incorporate that. So, and, and maybe, yeah, maybe it gets to the point of uh, some procrastination with those projects that I, I maybe really want to work on, but I do find I, I tend to, I don't let it go too far. And I guess it's uh, the idea of, and again, this is one of the things I was going to mention, like what are some of those ways that we can kind of challenge and, and, and try to overcome some of the procrastination. And for me, I think it's this idea of like, let's not look at the big picture. Like let's scale it down a little bit. I always like to encourage this idea of like, what's a step down from what we're thinking, because we can kind of get overwhelmed by these ideas and plans and projects. So you gave a great example if you're talking about remodeling a house, like, I mean, we're thinking the whole house, you know, we, that's in our mind, like I'm remodeling the house, but it's like, okay, well, let's start with each room and then the, the tub and then, you know, kind of the pipes, you know, let's, let's break it down versus being like, I'm remodeling my house. Uh, I see people do that and, and sometimes get really overwhelmed. You know, it's, it's costly too. It's not like you can just, you know, start all of those projects, you know, you start tearing stuff off and uh, unscrewing things. And before you know it, you're like, wait, I can't buy all the materials I need uh, for some time. Uh, you can't buy everything all at once. And then you end up, uh, yeah, getting caught up with this idea of now I'm having to l- delay it and maybe procrastinate it uh, more than I plan to or want it to. When I redid my kitchen, I had a bunch of friends over on a Friday evening and we had a tear out party. Mm. People brought sledgehammers and chisels and whatever tools to destroy things. Mm. And we everybody had a wonderful time. It was a great time. And really, in a very short amount of time, a couple hours, 
the whole kitchen was demolished and all the <laughs> cabinets and counters had been pulled out and it was back to the bare walls, like the studs in the walls. Wow. Wow. It was phenomenal. You know, we had some drinks and had a great time and a lot of laughs, but I remember clearly hmm. the next morning when I got up and went downstairs and it was, then this is what you were talking about. Mm. It was overwhelming. Mm. It was too much because I would start on one thing. I think I need to do this and then realize, no, I can't do this because I really have to get this before I can get this. Yeah. And that shifting around just began to happen over a number of hours. And it was, it was a little scary. It was overwhelming. I just didn't know where to start and how to begin. I had, I had all these boxes of new cabinetry and I didn't know which ones I could get in or, you know, how do you level this up and how do you make sure all this fits? And it was, it was probably the next best thing to having a panic attack. Oh, wow. Wow. It really was pretty, it was almost ungrounding. I almost became ungrounded in sure. Yeah. I'll do that. It took a while to, I finally just had to talk to myself and just say, no, okay, you pick one thing, what mm-hmm. are you gonna do? which is what you were just saying a little bit ago. Yeah. You narrow it down, you pull it down, make this, the, the next step, a bite-sized step. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, and again, I think it's, that's a great example because you know, bigger thing like that, of course, it's going to come a little more high stakes, a little more stressful, a little more challenging. But again, we find people struggle with this in their everyday lives, sometimes even just doing their daily routines. It's like, okay, I need to go to the grocery store. You know, it's like, we'll, we'll see people procrastinate for that. I think we think uh, of procrastination being a place uh, such as work that tends to happen a lot, you know, work, things that we need to do. So yeah, uh, that's the tip of the iceberg so far. Uh, let's do this, Daniel. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and continue to talk about procrastination. Uh, encourage the listeners to, uh, you know, hold on a few minutes and wait, enjoy the music. And then you'll hear Daniel and I's uh, culture and psychology minus Dr. Saide Malakoff's Ali today, unfortunately. Uh, and so we'll be right back with you guys. شاید این بار کمی بهتر نمشت آشقی را غرق در باور نمشت قصه ها را دیگر از کجا Welcome back to Culture and Psychology. I'm Dr. Alex Andrade here with a good friend and colleague, Dr. Daniel Rockers. 
Uh, unfortunately, Dr. Saide Malakovzali is not with us today, uh, but again, uh, she's here with us in spirit always, and uh, I always, always wonder what Saide would uh, chime in when she's not here. Just uh, like when you're not here, I always wonder what you would chime in on, Daniel. And, and when I'm not there, I wonder what you guys are talking about to uh, me, you know? And so, uh, you know, I wonder what you're saying, but yeah, no, she's not here and we're saying just good things. So we miss you, Saide. Alex, when you're not here, we generally try to talk about you in some way. <laughs> totally assume that. I totally assume that. Yeah. Some, some good way. Yeah. Well, let's see. That's the thing. Uh, the, the, today's topic of procrastination. I hope that you procrastinate in talking about me until maybe the end of the episode. You know, maybe that's uh, <laughs> you have to wait to get that. You know, they have to earn that. Yeah. Is it better to be uh, talked about in not such good terms or if to be forgotten about and not missed. Oh, that's Daniel, Daniel, you're, 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 you're convincing me that when I'm gone, good things aren't said. Okay. That's what I took from that question. <laughs> All right. that is, I presented two bad sides. On that. <laughs> he said, just don't worry. You're not here. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't even a, a very balanced question. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, uh, we're here talking about procrastination. Uh, the first part of the episode, uh, if you're just joining us now, uh, talking a little bit about some of the procrastination when it comes to bigger projects uh, and even some of the feelings that come up associated with procrastinating, what contributes to that. We talked a little bit about some strategies, uh, we'll further elaborate as well on kind of breaking projects down, kind of seeing pieces of it uh, so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming and so stressful. So uh, yeah, we'll continue the conversation in regards to you know procrastination, where it impacts us, uh, you know what that's like. I had mentioned before the break, the idea that we think of procrastination a lot too in our everyday lives, uh, even errands, uh, chores that we need to do, uh, especially work or like school task, things like that. Um, for myself, I know that procrastination tends to come up more for like personal projects or, or kind of work projects. Um, I one, for example, there's some some paperwork that like I need to organize and it's, you know, in my files, it's secure, it's where it needs to be, but it could be a little tidier. It could be one of those things where if I go through it and organize it, it's just being like efficient to the fullest. And I look at that paperwork probably two, three times a week and say, yep, I need to get to that. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something with that at some point, maybe, 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 probably not today, probably not today, but at some point something's going to happen with this. And uh, yeah, that's about as far as I get. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not the good things uh, or even the day-to-day things, you know, I go to the grocery store, I go to target when I need to, that, that happens pretty regularly, but those other things where it's just like, what's the gain from this? Like, what's, you know, what, what's the, there's definitely no joy in it. Uh, it's not something that, organizing paperwork brings me much joy, but yeah, I, get, I end up kind of tripping up on that. What about for you, Daniel? What, where do you think people struggle with the procrastination? Uh, or what do you think of my procrastination? Maybe you could give me well, some strategies. Yeah. When you say paperwork, is it like just various things like bills and things need to be filed and classified or what? A lot of like alphabetizing things and kind of like, uh, it's just reorganizing them in a way where, it's efficient. And so it's, it's, it works. It's like one of those things where it's fine as it is, you know, I'm not going to get in trouble for it. There's no consequence to it, but it's not optimal right now. Like if I had to find something, I'd have to dig through it. It'd be a headache. Uh, I don't anticipate needing to find anything in there, but just for efficiency's sake, 
if it was a little bit better organized, it's it would completely be off my radar. Yeah, I think that if I'm remembering for myself something that I always like doing, I'll give you the example for myself and then explain what concept I'm talking about. Okay, okay. A little prefacing there. Always good. The example is this. I like looking at pictures to get different ideas. Mm. And what I always used to do, and still do it now, actually, is I like to get books that have lots of pictures in them, and they may be related to the topic I'm exploring or not. But I like to look through and see even if it was, and this I think comes from growing up on the farm where we didn't have a lot of things available, just different magazines. And so I would look through them again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And I would look through them and say, okay, before I go to sleep, I will I'll keep looking at this until I see one thing in this picture that gives me an idea that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, because we can look at pictures a lot of times and not really see a lot of things in all of those pictures. Sure. So I would always, I just made it a game for myself and say, okay. Because I liked looking at the pictures. I would look at the pictures until I saw something like, ah, oh, yeah. Actually, this is what, what I did for my remodeling to plan out what things do I want to include in my kitchen. And I look through these books and look through these books and say, okay, before you go to sleep, just look through these pictures and see if you can see one idea that you hadn't thought of before that you might implement, something that's cool, whether I use it or not. Yeah. Okay, so that's the example. And the concept here is make it a game. Make it into a little fun game that doesn't take a long time. So, for example, with paperwork thing, I would say make it a game that each day you're just going to see what's one small tweak I can do to my flow that will make it a little bit better. And so when we think about one small tweak, we're just thinking of something that might be a couple that would take you a couple minutes to notice. It won't be a lot. It'll just be a couple of minutes and it's some small tweak. And the reason we want to do small tweaks is because it's generally not the great big things which derail us. Mm-hmm. It, the impediments are these small impediments. Oh. You're like, oh, I've got this uh, stack of mail I need to go through, but eh, I don't feel like it right now. I better go get a glass of water. Something like that where we keep, we put it off, put it off. But if instead I just, or, or this is other thing, like, oh, you know what? Before I get the glass of water, I'm just going to open two envelopes. Just open them. That's all. Maybe that's, this is just morphing into a whole nother idea or concept. And that is the idea of the saying, well begun is half done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree. I think with procrastination, that's yeah one of the biggest challenges for a lot of people. It's just even starting and, and that, that, that hurdle or that mountain that builds in our mind about what it's going to take to start to do some of those things. And so again, being able to start in the smallest way. And like you said, I like the idea of making it a game. I find when kind of related to that, uh, you know, if I, if I don't make it such a task or a chore, that's like this begrudging thing, then I find I get further. Like I'll even try to, you know, put some music on and try to, you know, make sure that there's, you know, light in the house and, you know, the windows are open. Like, it's this idea of like, let's make this, you know, comfortable, a little upbeat, a little more lively. Uh, I'll even specifically play music that's a little bit more upbeat. Uh, otherwise, it's like I find I'm just like, okay, this is boring if I'm just sitting there, you know, kind of sorting through it. Or if I'm, you know, watching TV and I'm like, I'm going to do this as I watch TV. It's like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm just going to toss it aside. It's like, okay, I can put the music on. It won't distract me. 
and it's a little bit more upbeat. So I could feel like, okay, I can, I can start this now, this thing I'm not really wanting to do, but it's paired with those other things that feel a little bit more engaging or enjoyable. Do you feel like you are in, would you describe yourself as a procrastinator? No, I would not. Typically I would not, but there are things probably like most people, I, I may not consider myself a procrastinator, but there are things I definitely procrastinate on. Something, some areas of that. Yeah. Of your, in your life. When yeah. do you, to the best of your knowledge, when did you realize that? I think I've always had some awareness of that. And luckily I think it's at a level where it's not too overwhelming or too stressful. The thing I've never understood, it reminds me of the thing I've never understood when people say they do better with like under, uh, you know, under pressure or under like under the gun in that way of it being, you know, the due in like two hours. And that's when I do my best work. I think that for me, that's when I do my worst work. And so it's like, if there's too much stress or too much pressure, then I'm not going to perform the way that I want to. I do... I will sometimes create these kind of internal or self-imposed kind of deadlines. I'm like, okay, if this is due Saturday, I want to be done with it Friday. So that way I have a buffer for myself where if it was due Saturday, say 8 a.m., to think of getting up at 6 a.m. to work on it or say it wasn't even getting up early, say it got up two hours before it was due. I think the anxiety and the pressure from that would actually make it where it was it was less beneficial or less, you know, a good turnout, good project. Yeah. People who say that, here's what my, one of my thinking is, how would they know that? Mm -hmm. Because I suspect that what that means is that's the only way they know to get something done. Somebody who says they do my best work under that pressure, have they done, have they done like some sort of an experiment where they did a number of projects which were ahead of time, done ahead of time, and then done a number of projects where they were under pressure? Or do they just always operate under pressure? And that's why they say, I do my best work under pressure. Yeah, I, I think that's what I see. I see it just becomes the norm and as a way not to really feel so bad about it. It's like, well, look, it got done. It's like, yeah, but at what cost? And then, you know, if you even turn it around and say, oh, that's when I really get stuff done. It's like, well, you kind of have to at that point. I mean, you, <laughs> you, got a choice. Yeah, you either do or you don't. And if you've, you know, kind of justified it so much in that way, like you're saying, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to explore and say, you know what, might be nice to have it done before. And you might feel a little better too, actually. It, it might be better work. Exactly. Yeah. You might actually be doing your worst work under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible if you don't have it compared the two. Yeah. Yeah. Your worst work. Yeah. And so not to get on people who say that necessarily, but uh, I think it brings up a great point. You know, how do we know? those things about us are true, you know, to say we are this, or this is what works best for me. If we're not willing to explore some of those other ways that we can do that. So kind of like you said, Daniel, earlier, you know, trying to see both sides of it. And I see think, even, yeah, even for ourselves, trying to see both sides of it. I, I try to be I, one of the two themes that I often encourage uh, with patients. And I try to practice myself are these ideas of flexibility and openness. And it's tough a lot of times because we see ourselves in a certain way. We see others in a certain way. We tend to build this, this habit of saying, this is how it is. But uh, that, that could be as true as we let it be in that way. And I find it comes in very quickly. Uh, I'll give you a brief example. I was talking with a, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Amir Ramazani, and uh, I was telling him how in the development of my podcast that I, I started to develop a format 
And I started to say like, this is how it is. And I found myself kind of almost starting to say, I have to stick to this format in the same way. And so I, and I found that when we were working together on the culture and psychology and psychology plus collaboration, the, uh, the golf episode, I, I, that was different for the three of us to be recording. And while it was kind of similar to what I have been doing on my podcast, and then similar to what we've been doing uh, on this, uh, this show, culture and psychology, there was also this middle ground of what it became to be. And so again, I had to remind myself like, that openness and flexibility are really important in this process. And so circling all the way back to procrastination, I think it's something that we have to have within ourselves, that openness and flexibility to say, oh, this is how I am. So, cause there's danger. I think if we say I'm a procrastinator, we, we just take that as fact and, and we don't challenge that and, but and even explore and try some of these strategies that we're, we're talking about here today. Yeah. The danger in that is the, what I would call, oh, well, that's how I am. Can't change syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. People just use it as a, as a license and they don't even try it. Well, I can't change. That's that's how I am. They adopt that label as their identity. Yeah. Yeah. That is tricky too. I I hear people say, oh, that's just my personality. And I say, oh, hold on, hold on. Like that's resigning to say, that's who I am. That's how I am. And nothing can be changed. No, it's a trait. And we know that, you know, that's a, a, a quality of yours, but that doesn't mean it has to stay, you know, or be a, a dominant quality of yours. Maybe it's something that can be a little altered and uh, kind of adjusted. We, and w- here's what I have come to learn in the mm-hmm. past 10 years. I've thought about this and that is people think they can't change. Or we also, a lot of times in psychology talk, well, change happens gradually over time. Mm-hmm. I think generally it does. But the reality is you, your personality, not just you, Alex, Mm -hmm. but anybody who's listening can change really in just a very brief moment. We can change a lot in a moment. And the reason I say that is because I work a lot with people who have PTSD and in one moment, your life can change Mm -hmm. in uh, many different ways. So what we know is that we can change. I think we don't ordinarily change. It generally takes something that's fairly momentous for us to change. Sure. Yeah. But we can change. And we've all heard stories about people who were smoking and stopped smoking one day mm-hmm. in one way. Bam. They just made a decision. They stopped smoking. That may not be for everybody. I'm not saying everybody can do that, but I'm just saying can change happen Yes. And it can be quite dramatic. Yeah. Often we have to work at it. We don't have to identify with a label of I'm a procrastinator. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Well, and that reminds me too, people sometimes say change only comes in dire situations. Like, you know, for substance abuse, for example, people say, well, you have to hit rock bottom. And I'm of the mindset, you don't necessarily have to, you know, uh, because a lot of times if you end up hitting rock bottom, not only do you have the original problem or difficulty, but then you've also probably have several other difficulties. So it's like, let's not wait till we hit rock bottom. Like, what if we were to say, let's try now, like, let's start now with these things. And so even with the procrastination, if you feel like that's a, a solid or a, a primary aspect of kind of who you are first kind of examining and reflecting on, you know, does that have to continue to be true? And if, if not, then what would it be like to even try those things in a little different way? Some of the strategies that we've already mentioned in that way. So, yeah. Well, before we go to a quick break, Daniel, any other 
comments, thoughts on that uh, there? Well, I like your idea of flexibility and openness. I'd like to investigate that a little bit further in uh, the next segment. I probably procrastinated a little bit about it. And so uh, probably maybe not this episode or another episode. We'll come back to it. Yeah. Next we'll, week, next week. We'll, yeah. we'll get to it sometime. Yeah. Email me. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll just get her to jump in and be like, uh, Alex is supposed to do something. We not only procrastinate, but we forgot. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. That's the topic of next, uh, our next segment. If, if we remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, take a quick break. Uh, and we'll come right back. Welcome back to the third section of today's episode of Culture and Psychology. I'm Dr. Alex Andrade here with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Dr. Saideh Malakafsali is not with us today. Uh, however, in her stead, uh, we're, we're, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Uh, we're talking about procrastination. And uh, yeah, we'll jump back into the conversation here in regards to kind of how procrastination manifests in different parts of our life and some strategies and techniques that we try to, uh, to manage and navigate to, to help overcome that. Uh, we recently were just mentioning how procrastination or being a press procrastinator doesn't have to be a central part of your identity if, uh, yeah, you're willing to maybe try some things different, explore a little bit. Well, here's the question for you, Alex. You recently started your own podcast, and I have to say, I haven't told you this before, very impressed with how quickly you got it going. 
So nicely done. It's just very cool. How did you do it? Like, how were you doing that? Because I know from thinking about starting my own podcast, I have put things off. I put it off. But you jumped in, you jammed on it, and you're doing it. Well, thank you, of course, first and foremost. Yeah, Psychology Plus has been something that that sparked kind of uh, on its own in a way. I actually uh, recently was asked to write uh, an, an article for a local psychological association, SVPA, which uh, you were past president of, I was a past board member of. Uh, and they asked to, for me to write an article about uh, kind of my experience with the podcast. And I focused on the idea of cultivating creativity. That's actually going to be coming out uh, beginning of May. Uh, so uh, definitely look out for that. But uh, it encourages kind of like we do on this show and Psychology Plus, uh, you know, trying to encourage readers to reflect on creating their own, uh, you know, cultivating their own creativity in that way. But uh, for me, this is, it was one of those projects, and I have this from time to time where there isn't a very long buildup. It just, for some reason, the seed gets planted and in a very short time just blossoms. So I, I probably started thinking about this maybe, honestly, maybe like November, December of last year with the goal of having it start in the beginning of January. And so, but what happened was, as, as if listeners have checked out the Psychology Plus, my first episode didn't come out till I think the end of February. So what happened was the, the, the learning curve in the process of recording and editing took me about a month longer than I wanted to. But it was kind of, I, I was doing things. I was, I was moving. This, the, the creativity just launched me into this project, almost to the point, and I mentioned this in the article, I almost didn't have a choice, I felt like. It, like it was just like, I need to do this. Like I need to give this thing life in that way. And so uh, it's, and it's funny too, I probably shouldn't be admitting this, but one of the things I've been telling people is I actually don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I've maybe listened to like minus hours and uh, psychology plus maybe five podcasts ever. And so I'm over here on two different podcasts and, you know, and, you know, creating them and I'm not a big, you know, listener of podcasts, which is crazy. But it, it was just one of these things where this this outlet, this media, the the fun that I've had on this show, it just launched me into kind of creating Psychology Plus. And yeah, in a very short time, it came into fruition. Now, though, and I think this this topic of procrastination applies now in regards to uh, uh, developing and, and finalizing the episodes, that's where I'm starting to hit some procrastination. Uh, I have an episode about Alaska coming out, uh, hopefully this weekend. And that's what I've been saying against some of the procrastination. And I'm just, I haven't got to it. I just haven't. I, I've, I've done almost every and anything else, even thinking about that boring paperwork that I don't want to do. I'm thinking about that more than I am thinking about this episode uh, and, and not even specifically this episode, but just even kind of making sure that I, I finish these things. And so I am running into some procrastination in some areas of, of the podcast, uh, but yeah, the origins of it, it just, it just started. And I'm reminded of the uh, graduate school you talked to, did you say even to the point of cleaning the, oh yeah, <laughs> always get taking, taking that on. We have this saying in graduate school where I went, I don't know if you had the same, my kitchen has never, my house has never been so clean as when I'm in uh, graduate school facing these exams coming up. 
Yep. Yep. No, same thing. Yeah. The fridge, the fridge is clean. I, I remember taking out the glass shelves of the fridge and cleaning them and the, the fridge wasn't even that dirty, but it was just like, oh, I'll do this right now. This, this, this needs to be done for no reason versus yeah. Writing some huge paper that I need to. I suspect that the cleaning part is somehow symbolic, like psychologically, psychically symbolic of wanting to get clarity on mm. what to do. Mm. We don't know what to do. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of procrastination. When I think back to that house remodel, it was, mm. I didn't really know what to do. Yeah. If somebody could have said no, accepted standard is this, and mm. it has been shown over hundreds of years that this is always the first thing you do. Mm. Start here, you will never regret it this is the best. I think that would have been a lot easier if somebody would have said that. One of the things that I think of when it comes to why we clean in those ways, I think it's, we want to do something that we know has a finite endpoint and we know what we're doing. We know how to clean the fridge. We know how to, to scrub the shelves. Like not only do I know how to do that, I know that I'll be able to finish that and be successful. And then you get uh, something tangible. You get to look at it and say, oh yeah, I did that. And with these other things that we're avoiding, we don't know if we can get that or we don't know what it's going to take to get that. So it's we're looking for that. And so we end up going to these eat more easily accessible ways of getting that in that way. But I like your idea, too. I think that's a piece of it as well. But studying for an exam, there is there can be no end to that. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, well, I could also study this part. Well, I could memorize these. Well, I, there's always like more that could be done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is true. So there's probably some of that as well. What's the finite endpoint? How do I know when I've studied enough? How do yeah. I know what's not enough? Yeah. Unfortunately, you know what's not enough when you get the bad grade. Well, that's what I was to say. It's high stakes, too. It's high stakes. You know, cleaning the fridge is not high stakes. There's not a lot of risk to it, but there's a lot of outcome. There's a lot of satisfaction that you can get even temporarily. And I think that's the thing. You're trading that uh, an immediate temporary kind of sense of you know gratification and satisfaction because the other thing is scarier, because there's some risk to that. Yes, if we're going to choose, is it more important to clean your fridge or study for this exam? Of course, it's more important to study for the exam, but which one is a little scarier? Right. And we don't, and scary is, uh, I might find out something that is quite terrifying here. Hmm. Like, oh my God, I don't know anything about that. What? How yeah. did I miss that part? Exactly. Yeah. I thought you meant for the fridge for a second. I was going to say, that means you haven't cleaned out your fridge if you think you're going to find something terrifying in there, which it happens sometimes. It happens. You're like, I didn't even realize that was way back there. Like what's going on? <laughs> things that are green, which should not be green. Yes. Yes. Um, things that are slimy, which generally are not slimy. <laughs> that's when, yeah, that's when you shouldn't be using your fridge as an excuse. Uh, you should just be cleaning your fridge more. You just, just do that. Make sure everybody... Clean your fridge. Everybody today who's listening, go check your fridge when you get home. If you're not home right now, just make sure it's clean. All right. We're just trying to help you out uh, overall, not just for procrastinating. We want your life to be a little cleaner too. Clean one thing out of your fridge. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Daniel. There you go. Nice. Hey, nice. Do you think that procrastination and putting things off is more a problem of thinking or more a problem of emotion? or more a problem of motivation? Good, good question. 
My go-to answer is thinking, but I think those other things are very closely tied to it. Uh, So for me, it's these, I always say, sometimes we get in our own way. And I think a lot of times when we're thinking of all these possible scenarios, what it takes, uh, we're, we're a lot of times in our, in our, in the headspace. that's where it starts. I think, I think it starts with our thoughts about certain tasks, and then that ends up playing on some of our emotions. And then the motivation definitely is going to be impacted in that way. What about for you? What are your thoughts? What's that? Uh, what stands out? What of the three or, or what's that process? Um, I kind of, based on what I said earlier, not knowing what to do, I think that's a problem of thinking. Mm. It's a thought process, an absence of uh, available thought. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to do. But in that way, I believe it to be a thinking issue, but certainly motivation. Motivation is very big in that because what I've figured out too is that if there's something you really want to do, we often figure out a way to do it, even if we don't have much time. Yeah. If there's yeah. something we really, really want to do, we can often figure out a way to do it. Yeah. We may do just tiny bits at a time, but we get there. Yeah. I think that raises, for me, at least a bigger question of like motivation. I think for a lot of people, they'll pin some of the difficulties they have on motivation where it's like, I just don't have the motivation. Now we do know that lack of motivation is a symptom of depression, but I think for everybody, there can be some lag or some, some, some struggle with motivation. And so for me, it's one of those things where we could kind of pin it off to, I'm just not so motivated. And I think that's where procrastination can kind of sneak in a little bit. It's this idea, do we have to be motivated to do it before we do something? Or can we do something and then start to get the motivation for it? And so I think that's a key piece to it a lot of times. I think most people see it as we need to get motivated or we need to be motivated in order to start. But I don't think that's always necessarily true. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I have talked with patients about this and found this to be true for myself as well. We often wait to feel before doing. Exactly. But a lot of times if we start doing, the feeling will change and come in, come after that. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I think it's even motivation. I don't think we always talk about it in regards to motivation too, but I think it, it's, it's very similar in that way. Yeah. yeah so with, uh, before we wrap up and uh, take a quick break and uh, come back to leave our, our, our message uh, with listeners. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to say, I'm, I'm glad we didn't put this off anymore. I know we talked about, hey, yeah, maybe we'll wait till side day comes back. Uh, you know, definitely want to have these. I always think when one of us isn't here, what that conversation would sound like. So definitely would love to hear side day's thoughts on procrastination. I doubt she struggles with it. And I don't think it's a thing she really maybe even knows much about. Maybe that's why we're talking about it. She 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 has maybe a lot of uh, you know intellectual and, and professional uh, experience with it. But personally, I I can't see that. We'll have to ask her when she comes back. You know, she'd be like, wait, in my life, uh, <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. She's very kind. I'm sure she would have something very kind to say about it. Yes, definitely. Well, we'll take a quick break. Uh, come back and uh, yeah, wrap up with the message for listeners.
اگر تو روزی راز این بازی بدانی نکته رمزش بخانی لحظه های زندگی چون موج دریاست گرچه سرد و سخت زیباست موج این دریا گرد از سر گذاشتن سر نوشتت سر گذاشتن شکر غم را به بر فلک سخی نمانده این زمانه هر بزن تا بیکرانه سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این با کمی بهتر شغیرا غرق در باور نبش قصه ها را سیری گر نبش از کجایین باور آمد که گر رود سر بر نگردد سر نبش Welcome back to Culture and Psychology. Dr. Alex Andrade here with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Dr. Saide Malakov-Sali is not here with us today. Uh, we've talked today about procrastination, including some strategies, interventions to potentially start to, to shake it loose a little bit for us, to get us kind of moving in that way. Uh, so before we wrap up for the day, uh, definitely want to encourage uh, listeners to kind of, one, reflect on some of those things uh, that we've talked about during this episode. But we'd also like to leave you with kind of a last uh, our last message to you to help you continue to think about procrastination and how that maybe uh, impacts you or others in your life. Uh, Daniel, would you like to, to start and kind of leaving a message to our listeners today? My message is this, how to challenge yourself. That's a way to get things done. Challenge yourself. It's like what I, what I talked about earlier. Let me see if I can find one idea in this picture, in these pictures that I haven't seen before. Let me see how I can do one extra thing today that I ordinarily wouldn't do. For example, let me clean this stack of papers off my desk. Or if that's too much, let me see if I can process one paper and get that off my desk. And if I do that every day, pretty soon, it's not any extra papers on my desk. Yeah. So how do you challenge yourself? Make it a game. Challenge yourself in some way. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice, definitely. What I'd encourage listeners uh, kind of similarly is as we mentioned this idea of you know recognizing we may not have the emotion or the motivation prior to but recognizing that we can create and grow that motivation by 
showing ourselves the progress that we're starting to make. You, you gave a great example earlier, you know, start with one or two, you know, if it's opening mail, start with one or two is before you have a drink of water or before you put your keys down uh, when you get home, make it small, make it small to show yourself like, oh, okay, this is something I can do. I think that happens, uh, that helps, excuse me, a lot with procrastination, things that feel really big. Got to start small in that way. Uh, I have one thing is that think about that self-motivating or not procrastinating is a skill. Mm, mm, I like that. You can develop that skill. And we know what skills, yeah. You develop it, you practice. Right. Whatever you practice, that's what you'll probably get pretty good at. Yeah. Exactly. And it'll be easy. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, yeah, definitely things that we can think about. Uh, probably both of us practice for ourselves in our life too, Daniel. So it's one of those things. We, yeah, yeah, we, we can know this, but saying it out loud sometimes allows us to hear it a little bit. So uh, yeah, definitely try to incorporate some of these things a little bit more too. And I uh, definitely hope listeners uh, got some, some good encouragement and ways to start to kind of tackle their procrastinator. Uh, part of themselves. Uh, you are not a procrastinator. It's something you do. It's a trait that can be diminished and worked on in that way. So you can uh, get those things done and feel good about it. Well, we want to thank you again for listening. Uh, continue. Uh, we'll come back uh, tomorrow to talk more. Uh, this is Culture and Psychology. I, Dr. Alex Andrade with uh, Dr. Daniel Rockers and uh, Dr. Saide Malakavsali. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day and we will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.